Hey, welcome to the podcast. Today is part two of my interview with my friend, Curtis Honeycutt, one of the most intriguing individuals that I've ever met, found out that he's an introvert like I am. Uh, he's into church planting. He's been into serial church planting. He has lived a wild life, uh, grown up some crazy things going on. Good things have happened. Went to Australia to Hillsong College, ends up marrying a beautiful girl from Sweden, finds himself a church planter and serial business starter, and is now leading uh, development of leaders and unity and spiritual growth in a, in a thriving network of churches in Maryland. I'm so excited to have Curtis here with me today. He's going to get into the nuts and bolts of what he's doing and why he's doing it. And then we're going to end up talking about Putin and World War II and spies and all kind of crazy things. Enjoy this. So talk a little bit about um, New Life and, and its particular church planting efforts, yeah. reproduction, multiplication, and then let's move into what you're doing that's a little bit broader than that, and uh, sure. get, give us some nuts and bolts. Yeah, so uh, so New Life Church, uh, Southern Maryland, Plato, Maryland, so senior pastor is Mike Hilson. He's been here 20 years, and he had taken over a smaller, older uh, Westland church 20 years ago, and um, his big thing was was reach grow send there they wanted to plant churches they wanted i asked him one time we were uh we were, i was interviewing him actually for a, a podcast and i said what, what's your definition of success and here's his answer he said i want to drive into the dmv one day and or i want somebody to drive into the dmv one day in the car with somebody else and i want them to look over and say where did all these churches come from and the other person looked back and go i don't know and it was this idea of this, this movement that grows beyond him or his name or what new life is. And that's, that's one of the things that drew me here. Cause I promised myself when I was in marketing and business, I was like, I'm, I'm unemployable. I don't ever want to work for anybody again. But the culture here was they gave crazy people like me enough space to just try stuff and break things and figure it out and, and work through stuff. So that's been kind of the church planting model. And for a while, uh, they would they would plant a church, and they, we have, we're on this property right now with uh, with there's four buildings on it. There's churches in three of the buildings. One's the office building, but there's multiple churches in each other than the one main building. There's multiple services of, you know, New Life Church. So there's church plants right on this this building of people that were just either attenders and ended up growing and they had a following. So it's like, okay, go you know, go do your thing. There's churches that we've planted locally uh, in Southern Maryland, in Virginia, where those have turned into, they've gone out on their own. They run their own board now. They're, they're kind of doing their thing. We have some campuses uh, where it's video venue. Uh, right now, I actually have one of those left because one of our other video venues, the one I planted, just went and, uh, and now they're live preaching every, every weekend. We would kind of do 50-50. We've tried just everything we can we've just tried to figure stuff out um so there's multiple church plans like that but then during during covid when covid happened we had a team of people that had a lot of drive a lot of ambition a lot of smarts but not a whole lot to do um and that team got together and just figured out how to create this insane online experience where you felt like you were in a living room and they called it new life at your house 
And now I think they have, uh, we've built this leadership structure within it. There's like 20 house churches that we planted. Um, I think it's 20 at this point, might be more, might be a couple less. Um, but they, uh, there's, there's, there's leadership built into it. We use this app called Carry, where it, it brings, it's all these groups are reading scripture together. So you can create these plans and read scripture with the pastors. And we share prayer requests and gratitude entries and all this. So we've tried to keep this cohesion. I had a mentor tell me, he said, you need to have a movement that has enough of a backbone to not be an amoeba, but not so structured to where the people can't live inside of their callings. And I thought that was a good way to say it. Really good way to say it. Um, yeah. So that, that's kind of, that's where we are now. So I do leadership development. I had built out a structure. Um, it was, again, I saw a gap. I, when I passed off the church, I wrote a position description and, you know, gave it and said, Hey, can I just do this? And it was essentially creating a place with leadership and spiritual development to create just this spiritual potency within the church where there was unity, but also give a track for leader development. And I had tried multiple things while I was running the campus um, network wide, but now I had the ability to actually spend some time and focus on it. So that's what I had spent the last year or so doing. Um, now, I, I always work myself out of a job and I don't have anything to do. So we put the teams in place. We were intern and resident program is all there. Um, so now, um, Pastor Mike and I, the senior pastor, we just started we kind of looked at, is that that proverb? It's he who works his land will have abundant food. He who chases fantasies will have his fill of poverty. We kind of, it's like, okay, what do we have in our hand? You have 30 years of ministry experience. I have a, a weird kind of sales business background. Um, they go together really well with the way that we teach, the way that we think. We have this studio that's set up. Let's start a company. So we just started uh, Freedom Hill Consulting Company. And at first it was going to be filling kind of the gaps we saw when we hired coaches and consultants to help us with a specific thing. But we didn't want to buy ourselves a job where we were just our, all our income. It's LLC. It's a for-profit business um, where we were just running around and doing you know, one-on-one teaching for a fee. It was like, why don't we create essentially, uh, you've seen the Masterclass app. Why don't we create that just specifically for churches? Everything from property management to, to people, to leadership development, to planning house churches, all of it. We have the team, we have the resources, we have the equipment. So that's what we're working on now. Um, and that's kind of, that's where we are. That's exciting. So uh, what, what does the future look like? Where, where, do you, where do you see opportunity and, and where do you see yeah. Uh, obstacles? Yeah, that's good. Um, so for me, I, I have a small coaching company where I just work with businesses. I'm in a, a mastermind group um, with these Christian businessmen from around the country. Um, and I've always wanted my, since I, since I gave my life to Jesus, uh, it's been about 10 years now, it, it's been this driver. And it was one of the first questions I asked. And it was one of the first dreams I just put at his feet was I want to bring the Holy Spirit into the business world. And I want to bring these, this drive and ambition and focus that's in the business world and, and bring it to the church. Because I knew a lot of Christians that had, supposedly these people have the Holy Spirit in them, but they didn't have the discipline to be able to, you know, get themselves out of bed and, and try to do anything and, and fail and move forward or, or read any books outside of their little circle, you know, or get the, so I, 
there was this tension in these two worlds. So for me, um, I have this, I, I, I keep one of these uh, Michael Hyatt full focus planner. And in the back, every 90 days, I get a new planner. I kind of have set up like this. I'll have my values, my priorities, and my ambition. And it kind of keeps me focused as I'm setting goals each quarter. I'll read you my ambition. Um, it says, I'll be willing in any moment to sacrifice who I think I am for who God created me to be. This, that's an intrinsic piece for me. But the, what I want to do is to redefine success for our generation by serving hundreds, who will serve thousands, who will serve millions, who will serve billions, whether or not anyone knows my name. That's what I wrote. And that might not mean a lot to you or anybody listening, but what that means to me is to be able to, to be able to redefine what it means to people don't know what their definition of success is. People don't know how to define success because some people chase after money their entire life and they realize that it was empty and that's not what they wanted. These other people chase after this blind vision that they just said God gave me, but they never go back to God to check. And at the end of their life, they realize they ran down this road that they probably shouldn't have ran down. Um, but redefining success for our generation, I don't know what it looks like. It might look like Freedom Hill. It might look like 10 businesses later. It might look like a movement of house churches. It might look like me preaching. Uh, I don't know. But that's kind of in a nutshell what I'm, what I'm looking for, what I'm hoping for. And the challenges that I see in that is, I mean, it's it's... It's, I think it's embedded in that first thing that I said, I will be willing at any moment to sacrifice who I think I am for who God created me to be. The biggest obstacle for me being who God created me to be is not letting go of who I thought I was, who I think I am sometimes. You know, like I have this, I have this apprehension toward the, the dude I was, where I was a womanizer. I was a pothead. I was, I was just focused on trying to get money. I was focused on like that, that guy needs to completely be dead. <laughs> he needs to be completely buried, you know? And there are times in this walk where if that guy wants to come back up, I'm going to be my biggest obstacle. It's going to be sacrificing him and making sure he's fully gone so that I can live in whatever God has for me. I, I don't know if that's an over-spiritualized answer for you, but that's, that's the real answer for me. Uh, the, the, the heart and soul of everything is spiritual. And so often... You know, you said an interesting thing about that, that people tend to read books inside their little circle. Uh, you, I'm a reader. I'm, uh, you, you can see about half the books that I own right now behind me. And um, all, uh, there maybe uh, 18 to 20% of them are, are the kind of Christian books that Christians read or the kind of Christian books that Christian leaders read. The, the rest is history, biography, and business, because, yes. uh, uh, you know, I'll read that in the Bible, and uh, it, it gives me a, a freedom to look at the world outside the box. You know, I, I went to a Bible college. I, I think one of, the, one of the defining moments of my life was a woman named Rosemary Clemmer was my, um, my, my ninth grade English teacher. So I'm 14 years old. I go sit in this classroom, and this woman who now I grew up in a, in, a, in, a, in a far more conservative church situation than the Wesleyan church. Uh, although I'm in the Wesleyan mm -hmm. church right now. And so <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I thought she was a communist and she, <laughs> the bit, you know, the, the Martin, Luther, Martin Luther King Jr. was coming on the scene, mm -hmm. civil rights movement is coming out all that. 
It's, so she writes on the on the blackboard one day, question authority. This is the first day of school, mm. my ninth grade school. And she left mm. it there the whole year, question authority. So then I go to this Bible college mm. and, 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 they, and they start, you know, crowding you in. And, mm. you know, we weren't allowed to wear yeah. Levi's. Um, we, we couldn't throw a softball on Sunday because it was the Sabbath. I got in trouble for doing that and went to the dean about it. It was, I mean, it was <laughs> nonsensical. We, we couldn't wear shorts on campus. Uh, unless we were on our way to the beach, it was just you know, and 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 so I really that that question authority thing really stood me in good stead during those years. Well, then I became a pastor, and I'm in this denomination that is reflective of their own Bible college, and so it, it, life was an uphill battle. And then the seeker-driven deal hits, and we're planting churches and trying to subdivide and decentralize and spread out across the world. And everybody else is trying to gather everybody in a building and it, and life is just one great big fight but i think there's that that, it, that if people that are listening go read some biography go you know read the, the great men who've shaped the world and then compare their lives to what you're getting out of the scripture rather than the pablum that gets put out all the time in the name of christian leadership um, there's a lot of freedom there it's it's one of my hobby horses but but it's defined my life, so it's, it's I really enjoy that. One of the first books that uh, Pat, my senior pastor here, Pastor Mike, gave me to read was the Communist Manifesto. Ah, interesting. He's like, go, go read it. Under, you got to understand where this is coming from. You got to, and I ended up that led to. I wrote a book called the Millennial Manifesto, and in the middle of that book, the whole thing is just different case studies from World War II, from these different spaces in, in history. And I did this comparison in the middle of, have you ever read Martin Luther King's letter from a Birmingham jail? Yeah. I compared letter from a Birmingham jail to the communist manifesto, but you get these two radical, these guys that are trying to do the same thing, but these radical different worldviews and the whole, the whole purpose around studying history, like you're saying, it's get, it lets you see these patterns throughout. And as I see the patterns, I can understand more fully what we're living in right now. And I cannot act emotionally like everybody else is because I can understand, well, we've been here before. Here are some of the, the principles, not even the practices, but the principles that got us out of this before. And yep. here's how those people carried themselves. And here's how a lot of these people screwed it all up. You know, and that, that hit, like you're saying, history. I, you just, I'm, I'm a nerd about this stuff, so I'm, I get excited I'm, when I, talk history. I read a lot about World War II, and I'm, you know, lately I'm, mm -hmm. I'm into what was going on in terms of espionage and all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, interesting, uh, the Brits just caught a, a spy in their own ranks uh, yesterday uh, in, in Germany. Really? For Russia, but you know, the, this whole deal with Ukraine and and Putin looks an awful lot like uh, Czechoslovakia and Hitler in 1937, 38, 39. And, uh, and, and Neville Chamberlain is trying to you know, keep the peace. And here we are with leadership that's guaranteeing we will not put boots on the ground. We will not supply airplanes to these people. And it's like, there, there's a domino thing and there's two countries in the world, maybe three, um, two that have said it outright and, and one that hints at it all the time. And that's Iran, Russia, mm. and then China that, that mm. say they want to control the world. They want to dominate the world. I mean, Iran yeah. screams it. 
and, and we're not paying attention. And we forget that Germany mm. was a relatively small country uh, in the 1930s. But by the time that they controlled all of Europe and its natural resources and enslaved people, uh, there's mm. a lot at stake right now. But you don't know that if you don't know history. And, mm. uh, you know, if somebody's mm. listening to this and, and you want to, uh, to get your feet wet, go, go watch The Darkest Hour about the life of Winston hmm. Churchill, about two weeks. Yeah, Winston, Winston Churchill. Incredible, incredible thing. Uh, he becomes prime minister and then everybody is working really hard for the first couple of weeks to get him out, to, hmm. you know, to turn him over. Um, you know, there are pastors that are listening to this that are in churches where there are, there's a movement to, to get you out of your job. They wanna, they wanna fire you, they, they mistreat you. Um, again, just it, I take comfort mm. sometimes in history and good stuff. So, Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. I could nerd out on this for a while, but I'll I'll shut up now. Okay. This part. So let you know. Let me know <laughs> if people would like to uh, connect with you a little bit more. Uh, you know, yeah. you mentioned the the that you wrote a book called The Millennial Manifesto. Is that available on Amazon? Yeah, it's available on Amazon. Um, we, uh, Pastor Mike and I just finished a book called the E word on evangelism. Um, and that's, that's actually, it's now I said I was done with the history thing, but going back to that, this writing, those books have been for me, the process of the research in order to write is one of the coolest practices because I've learned, it's like, you get, you get a degree, you get a master class, you get a, a, a degree in these subjects as you just keep digging and digging and digging and challenging your own beliefs. Um, so that's, it's been a really cool practice to do this over the last few years and, um, and just to read and dig and research. So yeah, the, the millennial manifesto, the, the E word is another book. Um, so those two are both available on Amazon. Right. If somebody wanted to know more, want to connect with you, what would they do? Uh, they can go to curtishoneycut.com, connect with me there. Um, you can go to connect with me, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Instagram's just TC Honeycut. I just started my Instagram back up. I'm not a big social media. I, I just never have been, um, but I'll, I'll connect with some people on there. And yeah, those are, those are really the two main ways. Well, thanks a lot for doing this. I really, really appreciate this. Absolutely. Thank you for the time. I really appreciate you having me on.